Give a little time for the child within you. Don't be afraid to be young and free. Undo the locks and throw away the keys and take off your shoes and socks and run you. It's Jordan Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. Great news. Okay, I'm ready to hear it. It's rainy in Los Angeles. Yeah, sure is. It's, isn't it nice? I kind of like it. Oh, God. When it, it was... Get a hot beverage. It was raining bonkers style couple hours mm-hmm. ago like sheets of pounding rain and i was so happy i was a pig in a poke jordan <laughs> a pig in a poke what's the uh what do the kids do the kids like puddles how do the kids feel about puddles simon, as a kid i enjoyed a puddle simon and i went for a rain walk today mm-hmm. and um the only problem was this i'll tell you what the only problem with this rain walk is let's introduce our guest so that he can talk about sure. the rain i know he loves a good rain walk Nobody loves a good rain walk like podcaster Caleb Bacon. Hey, guys. Host of the program Man School. Which originally featured Jesse Thorne. Yeah, which recently featured Jesse Thorne. And uh, he's also a television comedy writer. Um, Caleb Bacon is, not me. Um, And he he loves a good rain walk. So I took my son son Simon for a rain walk. I've talked on this program before about my shirtless neighbor. I don't think I've – I don't think so. I have a neighbor who – Are you sure this isn't just a Friends episode that you're remembering? <laughs> My neighbor doesn't Didn't wear – Didn't they have a shirtless neighbor? The naked guy. They had a naked guy. Sorry. Continue. The – Chandler. Chandler was always <laughs> naked on Friends? No, I was just saying something else from Friends. Ah, the monkey had no clothes. The, that's true. That was a nude monkey. The na- My neighbor is – A nude monkey. First of all, I want to so say... So is he a great ape or, or is he a monkey? Because look for the tail. That's nope. what tells you. If he's got a tail, he's a monkey. No Jordan. tail, great ape. Four butt cheeks? Jordan, this is a man. Okay. I um, I don't... Here's the thing. Does he have prehensile feet? He doesn't <laughs> seem... He doesn't you're, seem to me to have the kind of... Just be blunt. I think you're trying to be polite here. Let's just cut right to the bone. He doesn't seem to me to have the kind of focused, driving, not craziness that I look for in someone that I want to talk to. Okay. He, he's, uh, you, you detect a little hint of crazy. Is, I'm going to put it at 30%. He okay. seems functional, but mm-hmm. crazy. Okay. The, I'm going to tell you why. Like no, the proverbial... Mom's brother, she doesn't talk to that much. Yes. Okay. He is 50-ish. Okay. Um, uh, uh, he is typically shirtless. Mm-hmm. Doesn't have a shirtless body. Um, the, shirtless, the shirtless often do not. That's true. Yeah. Now, are we talking on a certain level of uh, body fat here or perhaps body hair or maybe back knee? He's Scars. On, he's on the juice. Here's the thing. <laughs> he's not – He's. it would be better if Burn he marks. were – if he had a bearish body, which is to say, um, you know, a big rotund – could be obese but could just be large, uh, hairy type dude. He has no theme. Then that would be fine. I think that bears shirtlessness surprisingly well. Mm-hmm. He is sort of – he's sort of um, – he's like a thin guy that's added weight over the years and is now 50 and all of that weight sags in weird ways. Mm. So it's sort of like what I will look like when I'm 50. 
uh, which is to say just just point sort of pointy boobs. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> sure. And he and he has a pit bull. like Marianne from Gilligan's Island. I was going to go with early nineties Madonna. Me. Okay, the the cones. Something like that, but a more – you've got the wrong trajectory. But like if someone yeah. filled those cones with yogurt. <laughs> so much yogurt that they were weighed down. And he has a pit bull, which he walks regularly to his credit. Shirtless. But uh, pit bulls never close. <laughs> Not once have I seen oh, – Ah, you know what? I Easter Sunday. Yeah. Or a nice suit for Easter Sunday. <laughs> a little clip-on tie. Yeah. Aww. But um, I, this pit bull used to be a puppy. I guess is not quite a puppy anymore. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say it's a year old now. He absolutely cannot control this pit bull. <laughs> like I said, he walks it regularly, so I don't think he's neglecting this animal. And look, this is a this is a you know he drives a Miata. This guy, the, yes. the pit bull. Yeah, the I'm trying Miata. to follow Jesse. The pit bull does. He has like a 92 Miata. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? He has like a sort of bald, a semi-bald head where the hair sort of frizzes out mm-hmm. like a 30% crazy person. So when you see he's him- He's not fighting this dog. When he's being shirtless, right. where is he doing this? Is this on his patio? Is this just to get Up the mail? Up and down the street. Up and down the street. Okay. Up and down the street. Him and the pit bull? Or- him and the pit bull. Okay. Package deal. Package deal. He's always He always wears pants to his credit. <laughs> But just marching up and down the street, and he walks. Must walk this dog multiple times a day because I see him very regularly. When you say pants, I'm picturing jorts. How, am I off base? Uh, it depends how hot it is. Okay. Are there tattoos? No, there's no tattoos. This guy's a clean living type of guy. <laughs> no, no uh, mark of being a juggalo. No, this, this guy is not a 50 year old juggalo. <laughs> All right, I like him less. Um, he's, and so this guy was out when I was taking my rain walk. This guy is the in it because we're. He has a pit bull and he drives a Miata? <laughs> Who is this guy? And the Miata's kind of fucked up, by the way. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of a fucked up Miata. This is not like a nice Miata. They don't hold up too well. Miatas? Yeah, especially when you have a pit bull yeah, r- well, ride a shotgun all yeah, the time. Yeah. Sure. Pit bull will put it. He did recently put a new top on his Miata, which is, which is nice. Not on his person, but on his Miata. <laughs> yeah, well, previously the Miata had no top and it was just covered by a tarp. <laughs> Um, so anyway, this guy lives on my block and I took my in-laws dog out for a walk with my son in the rain and my son was holding the dog and, um, you know, my son's two and a half, can't really hold back a dog when you're two and a half. So I had to deal with a fucking pit bull guy. This pit bull is completely overwhelming. It's like a, it's like a Marmaduke cartoon. (laughs) This man, he's not a huge man either, by the way. Simon likes to go out with a, a string of sausages tied around his neck, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like a little scarf. Exactly. <laughs> anyway, so Simon enjoyed it, but we had some trouble. We had mm. some dog trouble. Yeah. I had to run after the dog at one point. So, I mean, is this, is this your excuse to engage this guy and find out a little bit more about him? I don't want to engage this guy. You might, you're right. You might get roped into a conversation about... I'm already... You know, I'm already what it's engaged. like to be a roadie for Rush in the seventies or something. <laughs> I'm already engaged with this guy's not a burnout. Oh, okay, not a burnout. I'm picturing burnout. No, he's okay. not a burnout. He is a crazy person. <laughs> okay, There's so he's different. Okay, so he was not. He's not. He he didn't make himself crazy through bad choices. I don't think so. Okay, I think he's just always been a disaster since high school. Okay, 
I think in high school he became a disaster and not enough of a disaster where he should be institutionalized or even be under someone's care. Like I said, it's 25 or 30 percent. Sure. It's just his craziness manifests itself by just a lack of control over his own life. Now, I know this is a hard thing to pin down. <coughs> Why do you say this isn't a, you know, he's not an acid casualty or something? Because he's, that's definitely the age. He has a different look. Okay. It's a very different you can, look. Yeah, sure. This guy has a button-down look except for his shirtlessness. <laughs> So it was a nice pair of chinos then. If if it weren't for his if it weren't for the fact that he's wearing jorts yeah. as a pit bull <laughs> on a leash that he can't control, he, I would say that he was a button down type of guy. Okay. There's well, another like, guy, look, the guy who lives in the van on my street, seventy percent crazy. Okay. He's legitimately crazy. This is a burnout. This guy uh, No, this is a blue collar guy. Okay. This guy, the, the guy who lives in a van is a legitimately crazy person who is blue collar and he'll wave to you and be really nice. But also he yells at himself while he's walking down the street. Gotcha. So I'm – and he's huge. That guy is huge. Uh-huh. That guy, I like that he seems really nice but I am a little afraid because he's visibly mentally ill and he's much bigger than me. Mm. Does he have a pit bull? No pit bull there. See, that's good. That's very that's good. That's good. You don't yeah. want a pit bull living in a van. And like I said, the shirtless guy, he walks his dog multiple times a day. He's a responsible dog owner, except for the fact that he, he has not trained it at all. Has not trained it at all, and it's a kind of dog that can murder you. <laughs> Just with with two two with a dark gnash of its jaws. So my son loves the my the short the short version of that story is my son loves the weather. Mm-hmm. My dogs basically run around the house whimpering and shaking. Anytime there's a we're getting, yeah, we're getting the occasional thunderclap. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't even take the thunder. Even heavy rain on the roof, my my dogs will be uh, underneath the coffee table, shaking like leaves. Hmm. I mean, what are you gonna do when fucking shirtless guy and pit bull dude need some more money? Maybe they've they've drank away all their money. They need a new Miata top, right? The Miata top got cut up somehow. Right. Driving under a super low bridge. Right. Very low bridge. Right. And he, you know, he comes, he's like, oh, this guy's probably got some nice stereo equipment. You know what I got? Hmm. I got two things on my side. Okay. Number one, Prius family. Mm. (laughs) Prius family, I know I can count on Prius family. Now- To help you? Yeah. To come to your aid? To back me up. To fight fight with you. To fight alongside you. This is going to be a warriors type situation, I presume. Right, yeah. Now, here's the thing- (laughs) Where the it's the I like I like it that it's the young artsy families versus the middle aged. I have a trump card to play though. Mm. So yes, granted, if you want to talk about who can fight who, mm-hmm. you know who's more deadly, you're gonna go with the crazy people. You're gonna go with the shirtless people. You're gonna go with the pit bull. You're gonna you know what I mean. You're gonna go with a the van huge resident. Guy. Yeah. However, whose side do you think Van Guy will fight on? He'll fight on shirtless guys. Van side. Guy and sh- shirtless yeah, yeah. guy are okay. together. And I, my feeling is that my direct neighbor, Shady Guy, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, the hoarder. guy with the the hoarder with all scrap of scrap iron, the scrap iron hoarder with <laughs> all of the uh, surveillance cameras, um, he'll be on their team too. You know what I think? I think scrap iron guys for sale. I think he's a mercenary. I think when the shit goes down. I think and okay, the, we convince Prius guy to buy the, off Scrap Iron guy <laughs> and right. use his scaffolding that he has hoarded in his backyard. <laughs> Have Prius family give uh, your, your Mr. Metal here like an extra NPR tote bag. Right. Just mm. to see, you know, 
see what it feels like in his hands. He can walk around with it. You think that the you think that what the what the metal hoarding guy is looking for <laughs> is tote bags. Yeah, metal hoarding guys like uh, free swag. If only I had a, a commuter mug. <laughs> I think that's it. One of those wide base commuter mugs, but I do have a trump card here. Mm. No matter where my direct neighbor hoarder guy falls on the spectrum, I have a trump card, which is just down the block. And I should explain that the way that my street is, I'm on sort of a back alley mm-hmm. type street and only about every third house op- actually opens up to the street. For the rest of the people, it's their backyards. So there's relatively few neighbors within walking distance. I'm picturing like a bizarro Narnia. It's <laughs> You should picture like a weird dirt road on the side of a mountain because that's where I live basically. It's the most urban dirt road on the side of a mountain okay. you can possibly imagine. And at the end of the, at the end where right where the dirt starts, that's where the boss of my son's preschool lives, mm. Darlene. Now Darlene is 60ish. And Darlene has more people living in that house than you can possibly imagine. In and out at all times. She must have, I don't know if it's brothers, nieces and nephews. There's definitely some grandchildren because Darlene does not have any seven-year-old children. You know what I mean? Sure. Because of her uh, shriveled ovaries. At any given time at this house. Is it because of her shriveled ovaries? Mm -hmm. Okay. There are three terrifying dogs, two 20-year-olds working on motorbikes. And someone doing laundry outdoors. So you, this is something – now you can get the full story on this. You can talk and to Darlene, Dar- right? Me and Darlene are fucking tight. Okay. But you still I don't know with Darlene. You still don't know why. I know that Darlene – I don't well, – look. It's because it's – you know, she owns, she owns this house. Mm-hmm. She's topless as well. <laughs> she's, no. she's not. She, she owns What are home. Darlene's jugs like? She's a homeowner. Mm-hmm. You know, she's a you know, she's a hard working lady. Yeah. She's a got an preschool magnate. She's got an extended family that you know, they've somebody's you know, she's just got a she's got a sure. brother in law that made some bad choices and he's got a couple kids and there's a Oh, so you think okay, so I think where this why this is helpful is because she's got some desperate people with shady pasts. Right. That you can use against these other desperate people with shady pasts. I'm falling who in, fight dirty. I'm falling in with slash behind Darlene. Mm-hmm. So I trust Darlene. So I she, trust Darlene with my children. So she creates a kind of a, a front line. Exactly. While you and Priya's family are kind line, of like your archers from the back. Her front line has three big dogs. Mm-hmm. And two dudes with motorcycles. And she, I mean, she's doing well. She can afford an outdoor laundry set. Yeah, exactly. I, I imagine that would be more expensive. Under an eave. She does her laundry under an eave. I'm, now, this is probably going to be the deciding factor in all of this. Does she have an industrial size thing of Tide? Yes. She does. <laughs> yes, who and, has the most laundry and Tide detergent? Tide is the good stuff, my friend. Oh, wow. Who, where do the, in this, in this battle... Where where goes the nation of the heavy metal Latino guys? Absolutely with Darlene. Okay. The metal Latino guys are 1,000% with Darlene. You're talking about like one, one metal guy, one, uh, one sort of uh, street punk, mm-hmm. not punk rocker, <laughs> but a street tough. Sure. And one in between. Because your Latino metal guys are not usually street toughs. They're usually artsy. Mm-hmm. You know, slightly sure. slightly artsier. You can but, tell by the Slayer T-shirt. But yeah, but you got you got a set. 
you've got a full matching set of mm-hmm. dudes, you know, the full spectrum. And each of them, you know, each of them has complementary skills. Sure. You would know this probably from, you know, Marvel Ultimate Alliance or something like that. <laughs> sure, yeah. <laughs> you got to, yeah, you got to want a guy who's good at, uh, you want somebody with distance attacks. Right. You want just kind of a bruiser. And then you kind of need a well-rounded guy with, uh, you know, kind of medium speed and strength. And a Captain the, America, if and you will. And Prius family. I mean, I feel like Prius family, the dad, I met the dad. He seemed nice. He's probably like a graphic designer. So this you got to figure he's a graphic designer, right? So, so this is your Spider-Man. They, this yeah. is your guy. He's, he's got distance attacks. Exactly. Distance attacks. They're in the back. They're coordinated and, techno- and technological stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, they got a car with electricity inside of it. Yeah. That makes it roll. A van guy might have something similar. He Who fucking have... knows what yeah. the van guy has in the yeah. van? He's got a hot plate. That's a wild card <laughs> yeah. I'm going to have to deal with. His special attack is hot plate. He's got like a college dorm setup. Yeah. He now. He definitely has a bong. You, you want to talk about jorts? Yes. Van guy's got jorts. Van guy's got some jorts. <laughs> okay, now here's another set. Wait, is van guy These got... were not originally his jorts either. Did here's he a... also direct the film Clerks? <laughs> yes. Is that possible? Yeah, you know, now that I think about it, his van does have a New Jersey Devils paint theme. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, uh, there's... He's nude except for a hockey jersey, right? <laughs> Here's the thing. My house, then Darlene's house, mm-hmm. then Prius family's house on one side. So this is like your stronghold. Yeah, my direct your neighbor. your deep. My direct neighbor, then shirtless guy. Then the van that the van guy lives in mm-hmm. on the other side. Boy, this is a real Game of Thrones situation. Here's a here's something that I'm very concerned about, and it is a Game of Thrones type situation mm-hmm. because it's a it's an it's a party that has only loose ties. Mm-hmm. It's Asian American teens. The mm. Asian American teens grouping has been hanging out on my street for about nine months now. They don't live on my street. They go to my street. To smoke pot. Mm-hmm. They seem, so they're kind of the unsullied in this situation, right? Yeah. They seem like... They're a warrior class. They always sit in the back of... Uh, they always sit on the tailgate of their Nissan Pathfinder. Mm-hmm. There's about four or five, almost always exclusively dudes, usually the same dudes. Um, and they're not threatening. Mm-hmm. They're not scary... But they could have skills. Sure. But I think they might get their pot from the van guy. Mm. Because the van guy's got to be doing something. Maybe he's just living off disability or something. Sure. But they have some kind of relationship with the van guy. Oh, I've seen them interface yeah, yeah. a couple. They look like if you looked at this group of guys, you'd say, hey, Here's some guys that are – some of them are going to be going to Cal State School. Some of them are going to be going to the University of California. These are A and B students, you would say to yourself, if you saw this group of guys. Because they're all holding graphing calculators. If you didn't know that they were always smoking pot all the time. Yeah. Now, of course, we know that drug smokers don't get anywhere in life. No. But they have this relationship. So I don't know how they're going to – like culturally, I feel like I can go over there. Look, everybody knows. I just spoke in my high school. I know I have a rapport with teens. Okay? Yeah. You'll, you'll, when you go out to confront them, you'll bring a care, chair from your kitchen, turn set it, it down, turn it backwards. Yeah, splay, splay my legs. <laughs> yeah. say, also, you're wearing jorts. And say, gang, let's wrap. <laughs> I, think, I think- Once you're done trying to see up my jorts- I think rhetorically, I could go over there and guys, hey guys, how about that new schoolboy cue? 
They'd say, hey, this old guy's pretty hip. <laughs> Want to smoke some drugs? And I'll be like, hey, I'll take, the, I'll take the J and I'll put it on the ground. I'll stomp it out and I'll say, we've got more important shit to do. <laughs> Let's first, let's take it to this shirtless yeah. asshole. But first, <laughs> never been anything but nice to me. But first, let's go wait in line for some sneakers. Yeah. <laughs> now, all the while, do you have a boombox on your shoulder? Maybe a little Drake is bumping, so they know mm. you're hip. So they, but also sensitive. So, yes, yeah, so they know I'm a rap pussy. <laughs> oh yeah, Pussies go, go are ahead. Strong, go by tell the way. them you're. Uh, you tell them that Drake's a rap pussy. And you're going to have the entire nation of the Philippines on your ass. Oh, boy. I'm assuming these guys are Filipino. Can They're I? Not, not, not Filipino guys. How can you tell? Have you seen them dance? I know what Filipino guys look like. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, you're right. <laughs> they, look, they look different. How many times? These are you... East Asian guys. East Asian? So I, and, they, and they look like a variety. I would, if I was going to guess, I'd guess that some of them were Chinese American, some of them were Vietnamese American. Okay, I was going to go North Korean. Yeah, there might be a couple Korean guys in there, a lot of Korean guys in L.A. Sure. They look like – I would say they look – the reason I say Asian-American specifically, they look like a variety of uh, Asian ethnicities. That would be my guess. Maybe they're the Asian kids from their school. Could be. You know, they're the clique. <laughs> <laughs> they like uh, to go smoke pot on my street. Something I've noticed. Yeah. Uh, there's the – I mean this might, be, this might be far too regional, but I think we've talked about this on, on the show before. The, the lines outside of boutique sneaker places to get – yeah, limited edition sneakers. Sure, of lines of sneakerheads. Right. Yeah. Is that that is what their classification? Sneakerheads. Yeah, sneakerheads. Those that same lineup of guys, that same the same demographics. And you're right to think that these guys who are smoking pot on my street, they're like those guys. Yeah, they're a little bit, maybe a little fifteen percent squarer than those guys. Okay, but go ahead. Sure. Though that line has started appearing in. In front of places other than sneaker places. Uh, but ironically, not sneaker pimps concerts. No, exactly. No, there's <laughs> no, no crossover. No one's there. Um, you didn't, are, are like, is that you a You didn't th- get the Nike SBX Superior grocery store? <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? Are, are other places other than sneaker stores now getting limited edition sneakers to attract that crowd? That's an interesting question. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know the answer to that. I'm not hmm. deep enough into collectible sneaker world. Yeah. There certainly are other types of boutiques that have their own collectible sneakers. Right. It's not just a sneaker store. If only there were some Asian-American youths on your street smoking pot you could ask, Jesse. I don't know. I'm afraid of teenagers. No, it's true. But you, it sounds like you're going to need them. They probably they carry box cutters. <laughs> That's the, uh, at the end of the day, what this is going to lead to is it's going to lead to cross-cultural dialogue between me, an elderly person, mm-hmm. And these teens, we're going to talk about why young people support marijuana legis- uh, legalization, for example, <laughs> and why young people don't think Drake is a pussy and that disqualifies him from being a rapper. <laughs> so why young people think it's OK to buy a rap album by a guy from Degrassi Junior High. <laughs> oh, yeah. The, these uh, Asian-American youths, they, they love the Degrassi. They do. I'm sure they know all about it. Is oh, I don't know enough about Degrassi. Is Degrassi one of those things that's still going on? I think so. Like, are there new Degrassi? I think Degrassi still exists. Is it one of those things that's just been a constant? I think like, Degrassi is like EastEnders. It's like Canada's mm, EastEnders. Yeah, yeah. It'll that's, just that's, go forever. Yeah, that's the impression that I've gotten. Oh, it's a television show. I thought it was a place in your heart. <laughs> like, it's just kind of always there. You know, when you need it in tough times, you just go to Degrassi. Yeah, they say the human heart. You're, you're, they say the humans are born with two holes in their heart. Mm-hmm. One is shaped like Jesus and mm-hmm. one is shaped like Degrassi. 
mm-hmm. and you, you know, through your life, you learn to fill those two. And if you get addicted to holes. heroin, you better fill one of the at least one of the two holes. Well, first, right, you gotta go see the van guy. Yeah, sure. yeah, he's got heroin. He's got the China. What do you, light. What do you think the most hardcore drug is that we can get from van guy? Glue. Yeah, <laughs> model glue. Yeah. He's so the van guy is so nice. That's the thing. Like he always like. He really knows how to not get kicked out of his parking spot. Yeah. Because the reason that the that the guys go there to smoke pot and the guy and the guy parks his van there is because as I mentioned, there are long stretches of my street that have no house fronts on them, only house backs. In the part place where he parks, he's just p- parked up against somebody's back fence that doesn't even have a door in it. So there's nobody there to tell him to move except for somebody like me that lives like 3 quarters of a block away. And I'm not going to tell him because he always waves to me and I appreciate that. Except then I see him yelling at himself and he's so much bigger than me that I get nervous. What I like about this is that he does say hi. And in my mind, he says hi and then just yells a crazy conspiracy theory. Like, how you doing, Jesse? The news has secret messages. That's pretty much where he's at. Yeah. I'll tell you what. My direct neighbor, the hoarder, Mm -hmm. hired him to work in his backyard managing his hoard. Wow. I saw him out there working. In, so he's like pi- – he's making piles, my, cataloging what's in the piles. My neighbor's hoarding is very carefully piled. It's it's a hoard. Mm-hmm. He shouldn't have it. <laughs> Let me be clear <laughs> But I mean if, you, if you're going to have it. But he's got it reasonably – he was out there in a rain hat today taking care of a few things that needed tarpaulins over them. Hmm. Just saying. Sounds sure. like a low-rent United Nations on your block. It really now is it? Are you okay saying your neighborhood on the show? I, I live in Mount Washington. Yeah. Now you're. You said, uh, Caleb, we need you to come over. We're going to record a commercial for the Mount Washington Chamber of Commerce today. I don't think it's going in the correct direction. There's some <laughs> right. mixed messages here. Visit lovely Mount Washington. I Meek would say man guy. the place to shoot it would not be my block. You see, we have a nice elementary school, mm-hmm. one of the best in the city. It's one of the reasons I live there. Some nice parks. Got some nice parks. But what you're looking at is you're looking at the kind of stuff that happens on a street that is half dirt in the middle of Los Angeles <laughs> that doesn't have house fronts on it three quarters of the time. Do you want pavement? I would like the full street to be paved. But my guess is that the people who live on the dirt part of the street moved there because they wanted to live on a street that nobody drove down. So they can – you know, do something shady. <laughs> Here's the thing. Those people, as you go further in the dirt direction, it actually gets higher end because you get further away from uh, you get further away from the uh, the bottom of the hill. Mm. So the more dirt you go, the higher up the hill you go. And also those people are mostly people whose houses front on the street below us, which is a nice street. That's the street I used to live on when I was a renter. Hmm. Then I moved to the slightly shady street. Anyway, that's real estate talk. We'll be back in just <laughs> a second with more on Jordan Jesse Go. La <laughs> 
Hey, Jordan, Jesse, Go listeners. Want to do something mind-bendingly fun this summer? Why don't you join us at the Atlantic Ocean Comedy and Music Festival? And when I say us, I'm talking about me. I'm talking about Greg Barrett, Kamau Bell, Chris Fairbanks, Jean Grey, Moshe Kasher, Karen Kilgariff, Kyle Kinane, Natasha Legero, Morgan Murphy, John Roderick, and a cast of hundreds. It's an amazing trip from Florida to the Bahamas. You'll have such a good time. It is so fun. I can't even begin to tell you how fun it is. More information and tickets, which are on sale now at BoatParty.biz. That's BoatParty.biz. It's Jordan Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. And I'm Caleb Bacon, Rainwalker, Texas Ranger. <laughs> um, I went somewhere this week. I don't want to make this show, all of this week's program, all about me, but... No. There's a lot going on, it sounds like. I went somewhere. It was one of the more amazing places I'd ever been in my life, which is Russell Simmons' house. Okay. Um, I was going to guess that. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to suggest Russell Stover's house. <laughs> See, I smell Def Jam more than French bread pizza. Yeah. <laughs> write that down, Brian. Um, <laughs> Just write it down so we can read it later. <laughs> um, I uh, I guess Ru- Russell Simmons is looks like he's going to be on uh, Bullseye, my public radio program. And uh, thanks to his uh, ghostwriter, the ghostwriter, he wrote, he wrote a book about meditation how to Get Ahead by Meditating, mm-hmm. um, a classic theme. And um, his ghostwriter... Let me ask you this. Did <laughs> yeah. he start meditating after he was a millionaire or before? I think when he was in Hollis, Queens mm-hmm. with his his brother and uh, Daryl McDaniels and Jam Master Jay. R.I.P. Um, and Rick Rubin. They were all meditating together mm-hmm. and thinking about uh, their Adidas. Sure. Um, you know, other Run DMC songs, how tricky it is. Well, that's about meditation. It's very tricky to meditate when you first start because it's like a practice. It's, it's tricky a muscle to you meditate, have to, to meditate, to meditate. It's tricky. <laughs> it's tricky. Um, so anyway, I sort of knew the, uh, I sort of knew the, I guess the, uh, the ghostwriter of this book and he said, do you want to go to the book party? And I was like, yeah, I guess so. I've never even been to a book party, which seems weird, because that's the kind of thing that a public radio host would go to. Pretty much exclusively. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, if there's one place a public radio host can go for a little pussy, it's a book party. You're like, oh, your party's at a discotheque? Sorry. Where's my book party? (laughs) Community room at the Los Feliz Public Library? I'm in. Yeah. (laughs) Just banging around in that broom closet, huh? (laughs) (laughs) From 3 to 4 p.m. Sure. Doing blow in the green room with Elmore Leonard? I had I just I just e- I just emailed Julia and Nick my producers I said we're going to a party at Russell Simmons' house. So he's having the book party at his house. Yeah, that's the thing. The book party is at Russell Simmons' house. If look, if Russell Simmons' book party is at the Beverly Hills Public Library, mm-hmm. that seems like a lot of hassle to drive to Beverly Hills to go to Russell Simmons. Yeah, you drove to Hollis Queens. That's still kind <laughs> of a big deal. Now, now Caleb, I should explain <clears throat> something to you. 
Um, while he has a really vivid backstory, mm-hmm. Russell Simmons no longer lives in Hollis. Oh, so in Hollis He's also is- a lot older now. Okay. But he at least spends Christmas there, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hollis is like a place in your heart like Degrassi. Sure. Right. Yeah. So you humans it- are born with three holes in their hearts. <laughs> <laughs> I uh he lives in the Hollywood Hills. Mm-hmm. Um Relatively low in the Hollywood Hills. Mm. I'm not trying to put down Russell Simmons. Gee, wow. Because he met my gaze and shook my hand okay. very in a very friendly manner, considering I was a stranger in his home. <laughs> but he's not like he's not up there with the gold blooms of the world. No, gold bloom gold bloom is, is he lives in that uh bronze castle on the top. Right? Yeah. <laughs> Jordan, so. how many gold blooms are you referencing? You know, Jeff Goldblum and his lesser brothers, Barry. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and, and of course, Winky Goldblum. <laughs> <laughs> complimentary valet parking hey, at the Simmons residence. Not bad. Van Guy, what are you doing here? I know. Free, <laughs> free valet, Jesse. Who invited Van Guy? Cruised in. Party, no, I don't need your ticket. Party advertised 7.30 to 9.30. Mm-hmm. Showed up around 8. A good party would say 7.30 until question mark. Yeah, that's true. You've got to leave it open to rage a little. I mean, I could see this being a thing where, you know, you you invite in, not the public, but, you know, the media and stuff like that. You do your glad handing. And then, oh, well, we'll see you guys later. Hey, uh, celebrities, uh, I think you all left your coats in the closet. Right. Celebrities stick around. That's when Elmore Leonard comes out with the blow. <laughs> R.I.P.? Did he die? He's passed R.I.P. Yeah. His ghost comes through the floor right? <laughs> with a mirror. That's Goldblum's house. Spanish Spanish style home. Mm-hmm. Not unusual in the Hollywood Hills. Perfectly tasteful. Uh, I'll say this for Russell Simmons. Has a lot of awards. Fucker has a Peabody Award. Wow. I was pretty annoyed that he had a Peabody Award. What? It's so tell me this. I guess I kind of know like what Russell Simmons got famous for, but what has he been up to lately other than writing this meditation book? Well, I mean, he's a professional mogul. Mm-hmm. He may still own part of uh, Fat Farm and Baby Fat. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he just he puts together deals. He's a guy sure. that clothing if you're, line. If you're that's a clothing line, okay. Uh, baby, Baby Fat. And, oh, okay. Uh, Fat Farm. Um, I think that if you are, and of course, if anybody out there doesn't know, Russell Simmons founded Def Jam Records. Um, but I think if. I think if you are a company with too much money, you give Russell Simmons a million dollars to introduce you to some black people. Mm. I think that's basically Russell Simmons' job. Um, and uh, he's done very well at it, I think, over the years. Um, he, like Tay Diggs? God. I would, would you, what, what, what would you pay to be introduced to Tay Diggs? $80. I, I actually paid $120. Wow. It was a pledge drive thing. Oh, okay. So I felt good was, in my heart, but I got to be Tay Diggs. Is he listener supported? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think he's self supported. You get that, you get that Tay Diggs tote bag. <laughs> yeah, I'd, I'd drop a hundo on dinner. What if it was dinner with, with dinner with Diggs? Mm. Diggs den. Uh, I mean, is this like soup, salad, coffee afterwards, or is this just like a panini? It's a tasting menu. Oh, okay. It's a nice, it's not a huge. We're not talking about a 12-course tasting menu, but we're talking about like a six-course tasting menu. Oh, okay. That's Pre- nice. Prepared by Chef Diggs himself. No, it's no, not prepared no, by Chef Diggs. 
It's so he has not touched. He has not touched my food. It's prepared by. Can I ask him to touch my food yeah. before I put it in? I my don't mouth? think he's going to do it. Okay, uh, Jordan. That may mean something else in his neighborhood. Touch my food. Yeah, the black people neighborhood. <laughs> what be, would it mean? You're going to need to hire Russell Simmons <laughs> to explain <laughs> slang to you. I'm listening to it's tricky. Um, <laughs> I know it's about getting zen. It's a mid-level. It's a. It's like a. It's like a mid-level high-end chef that prepares the food. So it's like a well. He's a well-respected restaurant chef, but we're not talking about Wolfgang Puck. Okay. Like his resume says, worked with Wolfgang Puck. Sure. And that yeah. could just be he was the the front host. But he has a nice restaurant that maybe even it's in contention for its first Michelin star. Okay. <laughs> Okay, and you're getting a nice six-course tasting menu with Tay with Tay Diggs, yeah, not rushed. It's not rushed, but but he does. I mean, you know, he has a life. It's not forever, but it's like we're not we're not having you know a couple cocktails afterwards. No, eighty-four dollars. Eighty-four dollars. Mm-hmm. I'm adding four dollars for that for that dinner. What about you, Caleb? Well, what do you tip a Diggs? You don't have to tip Diggs. You're I not would, paying I would tip Diggs. You're not paying Diggs. <laughs> this, the money doesn't go to Tay Diggs. Tay Diggs has money already. This guy's been on film and television already. He he He's plays residuals. Tyrese, right? <laughs> no. No, no that's... You're thinking of Tyrese. Oh, different guy. Yeah. That's a that's a whole different price range. Yeah. For I mean, for if you this was dinner with Tyrese. Jordan, what would you pay for dinner with Tyrese? <sighs> Boy, $9,000? Really, 9000 Yeah. How much savings do you have right now? I mean, I think I got it. I got it. You got nine. You got nine k Liquid? Are you going to have to dip into your retirement, or you got it? Or you got it in your rainy day fund? I got it. I think I'll be fine. I think Tyrese yeah. is the rainy day fund. That is, yeah. It's my yeah. I have a I have my checking account. If you have, and then instead of having a rainy day fund, you'll have a picture of you dining with Tyrese <laughs> that you can show to sure. ensure your credit. Line. <laughs> yeah, if I need to get a business loan, <laughs> it's like a, a a letter of introduction. When you went to the colonies from England, sure, exactly. He'll stamp it with a wax seal. Uh, so yeah, I mean, I have my my checking account, I have my money market account, right? I have my um, Roth IRA, sure, and then I uh, then I have my Tyrese slush, sure. I've got a SEP, SEP. Yeah, I got a SEP. I, have I a got Roth. a slush. I have a Roth, but I also have a SEP. Roth, a Sep. Roth, and a SEP. But now all of these gentlemen of color were at Russell Simmons' house? Is that what I'm led no, to believe? Russell Simmons no. was there. Okay, so Russell Simmons is just kind of a – he's a business guy. He's got his he's, – he's, he's dipped into some sort of clothing line. Yeah, he has – he made uh, tens of millions if not hundreds of millions from his clothing line. Sure. Um, and he was part of the music business back when you became a bazillionaire from being in the music business. Well, back and, when, he, yeah. and he founded the most important and successful mm-hmm. rap label ever. So, you know, he's not sweating it. Sure. While not having to give good deals to his artists because, you know, that's not cool. Yeah, including his brother. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, by the way, when you're hanging out at run, at uh, Russell Simmons' house, sometimes Run DMC comes on. Whoa! I know. Um, so, yeah, uh, Jane Fonda was there. Wow. She brought a dog. She mm-hmm. was holding a dog the entire time. I would what say— are, what, are the, what are the other—I'm kind of—I'm thinking about who the crowd is. You got Fonda. It's exactly who you would expect it would be, which is to say, you said Jane Fonda already. <laughs> yeah, already you. Yeah, we're outside all. of the realm of expectations. Well, you have to understand that I think in Hollywood, famous people become friends with other famous people, where their common ground is that they're both famous people. Yeah, you know, there's here's an interesting. I think here's something that connects it. Um, 
It's the, like Elizabeth Taylor and Michael Jackson. Sure. Yeah, exactly. Well, I guess I guess on the Golden Globes this year, uh um the guy I forget what he won it for. I think it was her, but the guy from like Edward Sharp and the Magnetic Zeros won some award for scoring a movie. I would guess it was her. I'm I'm not I'm not particularly sure. And you know, I think he was 12 years this late. Might be Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. It had that kind of orchestral pop. Uh, a lot of xylophone, but then some rocking guitars. Um, so this guy looks, I mean, is is a cartoon of a of a hipster. Giant beard, weird, like, you know, bun in his long hair. You Instead know. of a sign that says now entering Portland, it's just his headshot. Yeah, it's just, yeah, it's just like, yeah. welcome. So yeah, this is, I mean, and, and some sort of crazy, like, old-time bartender suit on. And, you know, he's accepting this award, and he... You know, it's just kind of mumbling through it like he kind of doesn't know where he is. And I guess Diddy presented the award. And then Diddy, like, took the mic. He's like, oh, I know this guy. I was on a yacht with this guy. <laughs> so. Yeah. Anyway. Exactly. So it's – you're looking at the – Now I don't need to watch the Golden Globes this year. Prim- <laughs> yeah, primarily older people. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I say older people, I'm not talking about Jane Fonda age. Jane Fonda was relatively uh, old for the crowd. But I'm talking about Mm 50-year-olds. But 50-year-olds who've had a lot of work done. (laughs) The amount of plastic surgery going on. Like you hear about Hollywood and plastic surgery and people having weird yoga bodies Mm -hmm. that are too old to have weird yoga bodies and all of those things. And you think, come on. It's just – you know, Hollywood's just a place. Just people like everywhere else. No, sir. It is not like everywhere else because it was going on at Russell Simmons' house. It was very different from real life. That's because Extremely you different. drove from your dirt road featuring yeah. shirtless yeah. guy with a pit bull and van guy. And then you see Jane Fonda and Russell Simmons. And I think, I think, and I think more of the issue with, you know, the amount of those people, you know, relative to the amount of other people in L.A. is that – Maybe not that they're most of the population because they're certainly not. But sometimes they will all get together in one area. Yeah. They will swarm. That's exactly correct. And so, yeah, I think that sometimes you will go into some sort of situation, a Russell Simmons's house, a Lululemon. Right. And it will seem like this is the new – this is the only kind of person there is. But then you can go to a normal place and not see one for weeks. Absolutely. That's exactly correct. And this was They're like wasps is what I've tried to say. This, Waspy wasps. This was oh, that's funny. one of those wasps. <laughs> this was one of those situations. I mean, you know, you're at it's like a normal person's house. Like it wasn't palatial. I mean, it's in the Hollywood Hills, so it must have been very expensive, but it's not a palatial it's a large home, but not a palatial home. Um his family is there. His family seemed to be uh, like by looking at them, by far the most normal people there. <laughs> Um, like he had some sort of teenage children and there. And they didn't seem like coked up or anything? No, they seemed like – That's cool. They were like had genuinely pleasant smiles. They were happy that their dad had put out a book. Nice to meet you. Got to go do my homework. That was pretty much what it was. Yeah. It was kind of funny. They had a – yeah. It was a very nice – it was a very nice little family there. Um, I will say uh, I went to the bathroom. In the bathroom are some really sweet family photographs and then also um, – uh, maybe Dave LaChapelle picture of Naomi <laughs> Campbell pouring milk all over her naked body. <laughs> that was um, probably my favorite sketch on the LaChapelle show. Yeah. <laughs> That's just assigned to Russell Simmons. Like someone's like, like <laughs> Naomi Campbell was like, you know what? 
I want to send Russell a picture of me to remember me by. And she's like, how about this one where I'm naked and pouring milk <laughs> all over myself? And just like a sweet note, like, love you, love you, Russell. You're the best. I got a Naomi fridge full of milk Campbell. that goes bad tomorrow. What are we going to do? <laughs> so that happened. I want to know the whole guest list. Was Iman there? I did not see Iman, but I saw I saw the I saw the Iman of the 21st century, Amber Rose. Oh yeah. Oh, I don't know who that is. Amber Rose is, was a video vixen mm-hmm. uh, and model who famously dated Kanye West for several years. Um, and shaved shaved head kind of look. Yeah, she's got oh, a shaved head, shaved is. blonde sure. hair, and now she's a, she's romantically associated with Wiz Khalifa, mm. who was not there. Did not see Wiz Khalifa. Um, he's doing four to six upstate. I will see. No, he's not. Wiz? I don't know. No, he's just a, he's he having a successful it. rap career. Oh, fine. Is he the guy who made all those weird? He also made like he also makes like weird stony rock albums, right? Did Wiz Khalifa make a stony rock album? I think he did. You think that's, that's anyway. Pink Floyd? Oh, I'm thinking yeah. of Pink Floyd. Yeah. Who's the like twenty year old rapper? Lil Wayne made a rock mm. album. I don't know if it ever came out. I don't think it <laughs> came out. It was going to come out, but then the single came out, and it was horrible. <laughs> like, it what's could the, not have been What's the worse. gold standard for a uh, hip-hop guy who tries to make a rock album? Limp Bizkit. Right. I think we could all agree. Well, that's a perfect fusion of rock and rap. I, I wouldn't say that that's a departure. Uh, they, like, perfectly fused the two. I my... mean, there have been relatively few hip-hop guys who have tried to make <clears throat> rock albums. I mean, I'm trying to think of who they're... There's an MOP... Doesn't Common have one? MOP made a rock album. I don't think Common has... No, Common has... Common has one album called Electric Circus that was a little harder edged than his usual <laughs> more granola-y sound um, that was uh, executive produced by Questlove that was not entirely successful. Not entirely unsuccessful either. Darius Rucker? Darius, Darius Rucker. Rucker. He's G- the most successful. Gentleman of color with a guitar. Amber Rose mm-hmm. um, is a woman who is unbelievable to see with your eyes. Does she still have a shaved head? She has a shaved head. Tall? She's tall. She has a very warm and and charismatic presence uh she is very beautiful and her butt goes out like a foot from where it should end (laughs) people were setting their drinks on it like it is un she is just she is like a human cartoon character because she is she has i mean it's like a it's like pamela anderson boobs of butt does she uh, now but she seems there are fake butts right yeah, but I don't think this is a fake butt. Yeah. It could be. You can inject stuff, so you don't have to get like a full-on implant. There's a way to give yourself some extra curves. Okay. I got a guy. <laughs> yeah. Really? Because, hmm? I, yeah, I've been, I've been wanting to uh, plump up my derriere. I'd like to be able to <laughs> <laughs> Jordan, if I can't see your derriere from the front, I'm out. But it, yeah. was, it was so— That's reasonable. Yeah. That's reasonable. It was just so amazing to see someone— I mean, I think it would be something like what it would be like to see— the statuesqueness of Iman. That's why I mentioned it sure. with regard to Iman. Like, if you saw Iman in real life, you couldn't believe that was a real person because she's so statuesque and beautiful. Kind of like an alien. Yeah, it was yeah. like an alien. That, it, it, that literally came to my mind. It was like an alien or a cartoon, and she was very beautiful. Like, I don't – like, more beautiful in real life than on film, and she's very beautiful on film. Um, and seemed very warm and pleasant and was very charismatic. 
But I had just never seen a regular sized person <laughs> with a butt like that. I I was interested in it too. I don't I I not like it's my thing, but it was compelling. I am definitely when you see definitely that is one of the things that I think I stare rudely at as an out of proportion butt. Uh-huh. I have a hard time not it's not compelling. Just, not just focusing all my attention on that. You get fucking locked in. Sure. So here's the thing. It's like eye contact, but with a butt. We're in this we're we're in the pool backyard. Sorry. The pool is covered over with this kind of astroturf and <laughs> uh is it like an astroturf platform? As mm-hmm. you do. Yeah. Well, you know, we can't have people drowning in the pool. <laughs> you need extra room. There's an open bar. People are having some fun. Sometimes you want to play lawn darts. Australian tennis pro is talking to me. Don't want to talk to him. <laughs> Why not? He's annoying. <laughs> He's trying to get me to like join his ten- his country club. Okay. Do you I'm like, think? I'm, do I look like a guy that joins? Co- I probably did. You probably did look like a guy who would join a country club. But I, um, you were I, wearing your ascot, right? I was. <laughs> yes. But he was tilted. I had a million this. dollar bill in my hand, <laughs> which you used to light your cigar. <laughs> so me and Nick and Julia there, we're talking. To, are there? We're talking to each other. We're trying to figure out would it be possible for us to talk to anyone else at this party? Open bar. Open bar. Did you have a tweet up? No, we should have just tweeted it up. You can't just invite a bunch of riffraff. No, you see who's there who follows you. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, probably. Hashtag Russell Simmons book party. I know Jane Fonda follows me, so I could (laughs) have, maybe I could have scored with Fonda. She follows like a million people. It's not real. Oh. She's one of them. One Mm. of those tweet bots? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Like horse (laughs) e-books? So Jane Fonda is going to turn out to be an art project, right? You know what? Don't email me about the fact that Horsey Books was a real person and not a tweet bot. I know that. Yeah. I don't even like Horsey Books. That's it. The end of Horsey Books talk. Okay. (laughs) So Jordan – so Nick and Julia and I are sitting there conversing with each other and they're my producers. Are they getting super fucked up? Nobody's getting super fucked up. It's too bad. There's a specialty cocktail. Oh, it's yeah? a margarita. No, it's not a margarita. It's a um, uh, uh, – what's the most famous cocktail? Martini. <laughs> martini. Shit and tonic. It's yeah. a martini. It's a specialty martini. Mm. I'm having a San Pellegrino. Mm. But I'm like, hey, guys, let's go go meet some famous people. And they're just like, eh, we don't want to. We they're, they're, I wouldn't call either of them gregarious. They're both friendly. But you know what? It's their it's their fucking job, and I'm sure. their boss. Oh, yeah. I'm standing there. Yeah, we go to a celebrity's party. We got we better come home with at least one business card <laughs> of, you know, Donald Logue's manager. <laughs> Donald know? Logue from from Scrubs. No, that's Donald Faison. Yeah, not Donald Faison. His Faison? card worked Don- too. Donald Logue from the Dow of Steve <laughs> and Terriers. Okay, that guy's great. Um, okay. Hey. So, JB Smooth is at the party. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Now, number one, let me just say this. If you've ever wondered whether the great comedian JB Smooth, known for playing Leon on Curb Your Enthusiasm, being on that uh, CBS sitcom with Putty from Seinfeld, um, all kinds of different cool stuff like that. Um, the list is not that long. Whether he, <laughs> but he's a memorable figure. I, I love that guy. If you're wondering, is J.B. Smoove just like that? 
Oh, yeah. <laughs> He's going around this party being like that. A hundred percent. And I'm so excited. Yeah. I am so excited. Oh, I, I saw the RZA, too. Saw the RZA. Oh, cool. oh, that's a good one. That was oh. pretty good. I recognize the RZA. I, I, were you just, I'm now, very you were bad disappointed at you hadn't seen The Man with the Iron Fists. Yes. Because you could have taught. That's a great opener. Yeah. I, I have, I have, I'm bad at recognizing Do not see celebrities. The Man with the Iron Fists. I am very bad at recognizing celebrities. And so I was excited that I recognized the RZA because it was like points over my party going. He did have a t shirt that said ODBRIP. That did. probably made it easier. Yeah, he did. <laughs> Um, he was wearing uh, Run DMC eyeglasses, and I found myself wondering, who's Kazals, I was wondering if he chose them for the party specifically or if it's an everyday thing for him. Hmm. Anyway. He's probably got more than one pair. He walked up to you and said, put, put this on. So I'm, I'm pissed at Nick and Julia for not talking to any celebs yeah. or even any celebrity-adjacent people. So I'm like, fuck you. I'm going to go talk to J.B. Smoove right now. There you I've go. Never met Take some initiative. I've fucking well, never I think met. when you're at this thing where there is a barrier to entry, I think you can just go up and talk to people. You know what I said? JB Smoove, I'm not going to lie to you. Pootie Tang's one of my favorite fucking things. <laughs> <laughs> and he said, Lance Crowther, the guy who played Pootie Tang, just called him. Said, I just talked to Lance. He said, Hi, this is Lance. You know, Pootie Tang. <laughs> <laughs> is that guy? Is that that guy's. Biggest role to date. What's his? What's been his post Pootie Tang career? Yeah, I mean, he wasn't even an actor before Pootie Tang. He was just oh, a wow. he was just a writer on the Chris Rock show that they had to do <laughs> Pootie Tang because someone came up with that idea. Yeah, I think uh, I don't think he's. Yeah, I don't know what performing. else he's done. No, no, I did not see Twelve Years a Slave. Could he have been in it? Lance Crowther. Yeah, he's an African American gentleman. That's, if that's what thought. you mean. Yeah, that's a, you... <laughs> yeah, I mean, technically anyone could have been in Twelve Years a Slave. I didn't see it either. Probably not any Asian Americans in that movie. No. Not the ones on your street. Seems unlikely. Yeah. Those guys are too busy smoking pot to have that kind of success. Yeah, right. Like someone could smoke pot and be an actor. Like that's preposterous. Unpossible. Unpossible. So I have a fucking nice conversation with J.B. Smoove. Oh, that's nice. You know what we talked about? Achieving your dreams. Uh, what's, his, what's his take on it? Keep your legs moving. You should. Moving. Keep your legs moving. Always look to get to that next level. Mm-hmm. Did he throw in, like, a make sure you're tapping that ass, Jesse? No, that would have been great if he uh, said that. That would have been nice. But he was happy. He was he was delighted to talk with me about Pootie Tang. That's great. Fucking loves Pootie Tang. I bet Pootie Tang's one of those things that if you were involved with it, you're happy to talk about it. I know Kristen Bell was excited to talk about Pootie Tang when <laughs> I talked to her about it yesterday. <laughs> I'll talk to anybody about Pootie mm-hmm. Tang that was in Pootie Tang. I saw. Let's get Andy Richter on the horn. Let's speaking talk to of, him about Pootie Tang. Speaking of speaking of movies, Todd Berry, <laughs> movie. Dave Attell, <laughs> Louis C.K. Yeah. Uh, speaking of those sorts of movies, movies that you know were maybe considered a huge failure, but have since kind of got cult status. I went to see Cabin Boy at the SF Sketch Fest. Hmm. That was uh, one of my SF Sketch Fest activities. They, I saw that movie in the theater with my dad. <laughs> uh, so they did a. And they did a Q&A with um, Chris Elliott and the director. Uh, I forget the director's name. Um, it's somebody wacky, right? It's You know, it was just a guy. Who, uh, Tim Burton was supposed to direct Cabin Boy. But then some kind of crazy studio things happened. And then they're like, we need someone to direct Cabin Boy. You, the guy who co-wrote Cabin Boy with Chris Elliott. Adam Resnick. Adam Resnick is the guy's name, and he was he was uh, another writer on Get a Letter Life. on Letterman. He co-created yeah. Get a Life with Chris Elliott. Uh, so yeah. Um, By the way, who saw Get a Life and thought, "Let's make a movie with this guy"? <laughs> <laughs> 
not I was a big fan of Get a Life and continue to be, but what movie executive? Like this is this could go this could go wide. That was still this in is, this is a three quadrant, four quadrant. That was still in the three era. Quadrant. You're missing a quadrant. That was still in the era where I guess they like didn't really do any focus groups or anything. They just said, "Hell, I don't know if what the if I don't know what the kids like. Let's make one of these and see what happens." Well, it was on Fox, right? That was yeah. a time when just weird shit was on Fox. Absolutely, like, just crazy things. Counterculture. Sure. Culture Clash had a TV show on Fox at the time. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. House of Buggin? Sure. This was in that era. It wasn't exclusively Latino-themed sketch comedy. But, <laughs> but mostly. Substantially. Yeah, that was definitely a golden age for Latino-themed sketch comedy. Rock? Yeah. Rock, sure. I was a big rock fan. I loved rock. Yeah, there was. I feel like in that Fox, in that weird Fox era, there was some good stuff. Did you know that rock killed a man? Yeah, I do know that. Rock's yeah. a murderer. Yeah, yeah. Jeez Louise. <laughs> Uh, oh, anyway, so uh, Dutton, what's his name? Charles S. Dutton. Charles S. Dutton. Yeah. Uh, the also went to Yale School of Drama after he got out of prison. That's a good story. I know. Was that what JB Smoove told you about? He's like, you, you're probably going to pull a Dutton. He recommended that I murder someone, <laughs> go to jail prison, for a few years, reform, out, go to the Yale School of Drama. Yeah, he thought it was inevitable. Become the voice of the playwright of my generation, <laughs> um, and then yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, believe it or not. The, the class, and then get a sitcom. And so you can speak at your high school. With, was the, was the grandpa on rock Dick Gregory? <laughs> can I ask that question? In my memory, he's Dick Gregory, but it's been a really long yeah. time. There's not a, uh, not, there's not a nice rock box set out there you could buy and revisit rock. Although think maybe so. there is. They did a lot of, didn't they do an entire live season? I think there's like once – I think it's like just once a year they would do Rock Live. Oh, OK. Like kind of like 30 Rock did for a while. Maybe that's where they were getting it from. They're anyway. Like, Rock's in the name. People are going to expect it. Sure. <laughs> um, so anyway, so yeah, the the uh, the director of Cabin Boy hates Cabin Boy. Was – and I did not – Was I'd, he right or wrong? Huh? Was he right or wrong? He is both. Their Cabin Boy is a mess of a movie that has some hilarious shit in it, and I would say that the directing isn't really the problem with it. It's a kind of a, it's a really cool looking movie. Like it, you know, their vision for it was that it would kind of look homemade and kind of cheap, kind of like a, you know, Ray Harryhausen movie crossed with like a you know a high school play, and it looks really cool. I mean, it definitely you know, I think, I think if it came out now, it would be accused of having like a hipster aesthetic. I, David Letterman's in it. How bad can it be? Oh, David Letterman's in it. That part's great. Fun. That part is so fun to see with an audience. Everybody just goes nuts at everything he says. Because they all want to buy a monkey? Yeah, exactly. Hey, little girl. <laughs> You're one of them fancy lads. <laughs> um, so he hates the film so much he shows up for the Q&A. And he was convinced, like, would always, would, so, you know, there was a moderator. And he is a hip comedy writing legend. Yeah, totally. And he would, like, turn to the audience periodically Stop answering the question and say, like, you guys are here because you hate the movie. Like, you're making fun of me, right? Like, he was convinced he was like a boob. He was a stooge there to be, like, laughed at. He was at. convinced that it was, like, the room or something? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he thought he thought that's kind of what it was. Anyway, so that was funny that I would think that, you know, he, you know, if you made Cabin Boy and you were going to a, you know, midnight screening of Cabin Boy at a comedy festival, you would, like, walk in like a hero triumphant you know, and just fucking high five and dun, 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 sign tits. Dun, dun, and, yeah, exactly. Dun, dun, but no, he was like, dun, 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 he seemed worried that he was, you know, going to get like ensnared in a net or something. Did you start a slow clap? 
N- we love you, David. People were like, do- yeah, people, every time he did that, people would yell like, no, we love it. And like, you know, people would stand up and like just gush about how much they loved the movie. But he didn't seem convinced. He thought it was all an act. Anyway, I feel bad for him. It seems like if you have that awful, you know, that awful time where your movie tanks and it's hard to get work again, you should at least like be able to revel in its cultness afterwards. I felt bad for him. I wished he could have. I felt the same way about Russell Simmons. Yeah. yeah. He seems like he has a real shit life. His, <laughs> his good looks, his meditation. Yeah. He said at the end, of, in his remarks, he said, at the end of the day, we all just want to be happy, don't we? Yeah, I mean. I was like, good point, Russell. When did you guys, so when did you guys call it a night? 9.45, 10 o'clock. I'll tell you what happened. We mm. ran into the guy, the co-author. Okay. Ran into Jeff Weiss, rap rap journalist Jeff Weiss from the LA Weekly, also podcaster. Um, and, uh, you know, we started chopping it up about booking rap acts on radio shows and mm-hmm. podcasts. Sure. As, as you do. As we do. It's a fun topic. We, we were having a good time. And the real question came up, which was, this is something that you guys might have an opinion on. Running low on time, but we can we can take sure, this no, one no, last yeah. issue. Um, so as long my, as it's a hot topic, my friend had a tincture mm-hmm. of marijuana, mm-hmm. cannabis, cannabinoids, the devil's nectar. A tincture. Now a tincture is the liquid S- form. Stalin's taint. P- party favor. Stalin's, no, no tape. Stalin's taint. Satan's sphincter. Stalin's I like Stalin's party favor. Yeah. I like the idea of him throwing tincture parties. <laughs> okay, now everyone, quaff your tinctures. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, I'm off to send some people to the gulag to die. <laughs> now that I'm super baked. <laughs> um, okay, anyway. So <laughs> he had this tincture, but he lives in New York City, mm-hmm. uh, the home of Hollis, Queens. And he wanted to know, could he take this tincture on the airplane? Mm. Now, I'll tell you what I was arguing for. I said, and this agent guy that was talking to us as well, also said, agent slash producer, we said, if there's a label on it, just soak it off or take it off or whatever. Just throw it in your toiletry bag. It'll be fine. Hmm. And if there's any trouble, you just say, oh, shit. I don't know. My homeopath gave me this. <laughs> and if you get arrested, you just got arrested for possession in Los Angeles. You're going to have to you're going to pay like a $20 fine and maybe miss your flight. Like miss your flight is sure. the worst thing that's going to happen to you. Like you they might if if as long as you don't flip out and you're white, you're going to be okay. The judge will still high-five you. What if you're an Asian and you raise your voice? So that's a mixed bag. Mhm. Well, people expect throwing stars. As long as you're not a teen, <laughs> yeah, you're safe. People hate teens. I, I as teen, far as people hate teens, teen hate far surpasses any racism. I think that's fuck, why there's uh, never been a teen president. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking millennials. What are we going to do with them? There guys? will be an atheist president before there's a teen president. Mark my words. Um, I so in, in regards to flying and marijuana, I never. Like I won't, I won't fly with a pair of pants that I've had a joint in. I'm so afraid of getting caught. Like if a pair, of, you know, if some residue got on it, 
Like I, I, I'm, I'm really afraid of it. I won't travel. Do you have with special anything. pants just for joints? Yeah, I do have my joint pants, pair of Jenkos. Yeah, <laughs> cargo Jenkos. Cargo Jenkos. I've I sewed the cargos on myself. Right from some old Star Wars bed sheets. Excellent. <laughs> I look really good and have sex constantly. What do you think? Flying, uh, flying with weed. Now I uh, um, it's a tincture. Remember this. Sure. We're talking about a tincture, a sealed tincture. Now, I, I have traveled with liquid narcotics before. Oh, my. And, but but uh, it was heroin. <laughs> it was an anal tranquilizer that uh, I'm, so, I'm sober plenty of years now. It's a different time. Sure. But anything liquid-based, you get a small contact lens container. You get rid of the solution. You put your liquid in there. Wow. Yeah. Okay. That's, that's what I would have told him. Huh. That yeah. seems – that seems – that's downright crafty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you put a little felt owl on there. <laughs> sure, yeah. Sell them on Etsy. See, now, the alternative that was being argued for was that- Don't do dope. Someone, that... should, someone should FedEx it to him. Mm. That seemed like it leaves too much of a paper trail to me. Sure. Now, on the other hand, I guess there's something of a paper trail to having it in your possession. <laughs> Arguably. Yeah, I like the contact lens thing, and I'm sticking with it. Okay. I never was a FedEx guy. It's not hard to get pot, though. That's just what I said. Just don't take it on the plane. I mean, That's maybe you've got a strain thing. that you like. The other thing that I said maybe was, you won't be able you to live in New York, a city where there's men that bring you pot to your house. Yeah, there's a guy. I've had. A, I I was talking to someone from New York about pot. There's a guy who will bring you pot and a grilled cheese sandwich that he makes. We've all seen half baked. We sure. know how Mister Nice Guy works. Sure. I would. So with this maybe a you won't be able to get OG Liu <laughs> Kang like you like. <laughs> I'm thinking this tincture, he picked it up atop Amber Rose's behind, and so it was very special. He didn't want to part with it. Oh, yeah. Sure. It was a special behind. Hmm. Not going to lie to you guys. Would it? Will you feel different about it if you learn that it's fake? If you feel like she's had some... I will. Yeah. Because I, I think of her as a special flower mm-hmm. right now, um, like a magical type of person. Which is why I said alien, because it seemed natural. Like, an alien is natural. It's just from another world. She felt like she came from another world. She's not world a cyborg. Where people are like that. <laughs> yeah. You New know Jersey. I mean? Like, <laughs> striking, Armenia. Strikingly beautiful with, uh, with cartoon character butts. Sure. Probably a very tiny waist, too. So you're like, what a contrast. I mean, she was a be- – and like I said, she seemed, she seemed very warm and pleasant to the people she was talking to. She didn't seem like a weird – you know, there's plenty of people at this party seemed weird <laughs> is what I'm saying. She wasn't one of them. <clears throat> Some shirtless guys with the pit bulls. Shirtless. There's a couple Do you think Amber Rose guys. is Russell Simmons' shirtless guy with the pit bull? She like walks around his neighborhood yeah. being weird? Yeah, with a pit bull and no shirt on. And a tincture on her butt? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. We'll see. We'll be back in just a second on Jordan Jessica. It's Jordan, Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. Oh, I'm part of this still. Oh, Caleb. Oh, yeah, you're in this. You're in it to win it. Caleb Bacon, RP Jam Master J. We gave, we, we gave Caleb Bacon <laughs> the El- boot. Elmore Leonard. <laughs> um, hey, sponsors on this week's program. First of all, our good friends at Warby Parker Eyewear. It's a new concept in eyewear. They are fashion-forward prescription glasses. They start at $95, including the prescription lenses. Warby Parker makes buying glasses online easy and risk-free. Their home try-on program, order five pairs of glasses shipped directly to your home. Try them on, select your frames, and send them back free 
with no obligation to purchase. You know what I think's nice? What? 95 bucks. You can have like three different kind of glasses. You can have a brown pair and a black pair and a colored pair, for example. So black is when you're wearing black stuff. Brown's when you're wearing earth tones. Colored's when you want to be outrageous. And they also offer prescription polarized sunglasses for $150. In case you're in the CHP. For instance, if you go to warbyparker.com slash JJGo, you will get free three-day shipping. That's warbyparker.com slash JJGo. Also, the Pledge Drive is coming up. Yeah. Max Fun Drive. Uh, we got some good premiums this year. Can um, we tease those? I will say, I think some folks in our listening audience may have seen the painting of Jordan and myself as cats by our listener, Megan Lincott. I'm not going to say that we have commissioned Megan to make paintings of every Max Fun host as a cat and compiled them into an 18-month calendar. But I will say that it's possible, maybe even likely, that we did that, and we also that we did that. (laughs) And it's amazing. Cagey. Basically, oh, you're so cagey. Basically the most amazing – and that's only one of the amazing things. Tons of amazing stuff. But – You could stop there. Like I, that could be enough. Look, this is this is a once-a-year deal, the Max Fund Drive. So we pull out all the stops. It's going to be amazing. And the last day of the Max Fund Drive, Jordan and I are going to be doing a live streaming Jordan Jesse Go show. Live stream? Close shit out. Yeah. <laughs> Take it home. When's that? I don't remember. I don't either. It all supports tinctures for children. Yes. It's a very important charity. Brian Fernandez is children sure super baked. Looking up the date right now. March, March 28th. 28th March says. 28th. 28th of March. He pressed the button and I paused for a second to listen to him and then he he forgot what he had looked up and had to double check it. <laughs> That's uh, a fun moment. But it's this is going to be a, a really amazing Max Fun Drive. Everything we do is supported by people like you. So um, get ready to make a donation. If you care about the show, you know, this is your way to show it. Yeah. And, um, bonus episodes of all the shows. Tote, yeah, we tote already, bags. We were already recorded a sweet-ass bonus episode. We, uh, Yeah, absolutely, with Rhea Butcher from Wham Bam Pow. It's going to be solid gold. It also doubles as a Back to the Future drinking game, if I remember correctly. <laughs> so you will not get that in the regular feed. No, sir. I never understood drinking games. Like, I just like to uh, drink as much as possible based upon whatever was available. Mm-hmm. The whole, like, waiting till something happens to drink... Yeah, I mean, I think I think sometimes that stuff, and I kind of agree with you, Caleb. I kind of just to like be fair. If I had a large alcohol problem, <laughs> so I'm not suggesting it's a, a good thing. But that's been your... my understanding. Yeah, uh, I mean, I think that stuff. That's and not to do a whole topic during our during our sponsor segment, but I think that stuff is like, yeah, it's kind of lame. I also just would rather us just sit and drink and shoot the shit. But some people. You know, maybe feel like they need permission to drink or permission to have fun, and I think that gets things rolling. It gets things rolling, brings out some of the more intro- introverted people. It's like imagine if you were at a party and everybody's they have you know they have a drink in their hand, they're having a, a little bit of Chex Mix, mm-hmm. you know, they're having a little kibitzing, whatever, but it's not really fucking on. Yeah, you zip down your zipper, take out your donger. Just start flapping it the fuck around. Mm-hmm. That's when the party goes wild. Sounds like Jamie so, Smooth did that. The idea is you need someone to give permission to the party to enjoy themselves. Sure. All right, I'm in. 
Great. We'll be back in just a <laughs> second on Jordan Jesse Go. Love, It's Jordan, Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's Radio Sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. Caleb Bacon, JJ Go enthusiast. Hey, when something momentous happens to you, our listeners, we have you call us at 206-984-4FUN for our segment, Momentous Occasions. Let's hear our first momentous occasion now, boys. Hi, Jordan and Jesse and special guest. Uh, I had my momentous occasion today, and I... I'm a third grade teacher in a less than um, desirable area, and for weeks we have had a phantom pooper running amok in the boys' bathroom and just leaving a pile on the floor. I'm not sure if it's a message or or what to anybody, but uh, he had not been caught. And so strolling down the hallway today, I was walking by, minding my own business, and I made eye contact with a third grade boy taking a dump on the floor. Um, <laughs> and first, I can't unsee that, which is a bummer. And second, I think I discovered the phantom pooper. So uh, <laughs> so I guess I am a hero. I don't know. But our bathrooms are safe now. So, uh, yeah, enjoy your day. Momentous occasion. It's hard right. to I- call oneself a hero. Sure. Usually the papers do that. Well, she said it with a question mark at the end. It wasn't confidently a hero. And even the paper's judgment is difficult to is difficult to go by. I mean, if you look at what the Daily Bugle has to say about Spider-Man, mm-hmm. you have to ask yourself a question. I mean, I think she should ask herself sure. the question if she's a hero or a menace. <laughs> <laughs> Depends on if we ask that muckraker J. Jonah Jameson. <laughs> oh, uh, I know, with the desk-pounding action? Yeah, with desk-pounding action. Um, <laughs> I, I, I see this in my head, you know, I think we should call HBO. I think we found our sequel to True Detective for our next season. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, we have, you know. What are you thinking, Laura Linney? Yeah, maybe Laura Linney and Laura Dern. Sure. Laura's team up. And then they, yeah, I mean, we have a, we have a killer on the loose, uh, leaving, you know, leaving clues, leaving artifacts, uh, leaving a trail. By clues, artifacts, and a trail, you're talking about poop, oh, this is all shit. Poop and a trail. Yeah, yeah, of poop. yeah, yeah. This is shit. It's a variety of shit based upon his diet of the day. Sure, right. That's true. Uh, so yeah, I mean, we have this, and then you know, obviously, you think you found the Phantom Pooper. Spoilers approaching for True Detective. Maybe it's not the guy you originally thought. Maybe it's not the guy you originally thought. You're also referencing every Law and Order. Yes. Yeah. 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 It might be the this guy hipper, stocking though. grocery shelves while you ask him. Could be. <laughs> yeah, because you went to his job instead of him coming to the police station. Okay, here's another question. Sure. Uh, By what... the way, nice to – I feel like the momentous, momentous occasions have been a little bit of a sausage fest lately. Nice to hear a lady. We always love a lady. But it was about a fella. Yeah, and his poops. <laughs> That's pretty boy, boy humor. It was. I, ju- I want to say – It was a little masculine. I want to say we'll try and do something more relationship driven next time for you, Caleb. <laughs> um, I I want Just like funny situations that we've all been in. It's a relationship between the detective and the killer. Sure. I want to be clear for her that she says that she's found the phantom pooper. Mm-hmm. 
I want her to know that what she that's what she thinks. What she knows is that she's found a phantom pooper. She's saying this is like a cult. There like maybe could this be is multiple a... phantom poopers. It's like this. Look, when I went in to the neurologist for the first time in a number of years, and I said I have regular headaches. You shat on the floor. I, have, <clears throat> I told them I have migraines. They said, we have to put you in a CAT scanner. I said, why? Or, or an MRI. Said, oh, to check your brain for tumors. I said, this, but my brain's been checked for tumors. They said, because if you, even if you really had migraines, it could mask the fact that you have brain tumors. Mm. So we just have to double check you don't have brain tumors because you could think that the headaches are migraines when actually they're brain tumors. I'm headaches. picturing you with Patch Adams. Yeah, pretty much. And, this is pretty funny, and this so description what, you're giving. What I'm saying is that, sure, she identified this one eight-year-old. Mm-hmm. But the fact that she identified this one eight-year-old doesn't mean there aren't other eight-year-olds pooping in this yeah, bathroom. This is kind of specious reasoning. This could be a situation where... I mean, I would check. F- I number one, I would check for hashtags mm-hmm. in the poop on Twitter. Oh, okay. Because uh, I thought in a thing for eight eight year olds hashtags was in right, the poop. Right, at, you take a stick, <laughs> like a fine point stick, and yep. you, you kind of carve out hashtag phantom poop. No, check in. Check your Twitter. Look for hashtags. This could be, and I'm just throwing this out there. This could be like an improv everywhere situation. <laughs> <laughs> this could be a flash mob type of deal. Let's go to an impoverished school, poop on the floor, and then later we all dance to a Prince song. Pretty much. Yeah. Okay, let's take another call. Hi, I'm calling from an impoverished school. Hi, Jordan. Jesse, <laughs> guest. This is Mike. Madison framed someone for pooping. I have a momentification. Uh, this weekend, my girlfriend and I were at a friend's apartment for a party. Towards the end of the night, one of the guys at the party takes one of the ladies at the party upstairs. Poop. The rest of us keep talking, uh, and then I hear someone come back down the stairs. Uh, so I, I turn around to see who it is, and I see that it is the guy who went upstairs with the lady, but he is now completely naked and leaning against the doorway with a full-on erection. <laughs> And he just lets us know that if anyone wants to get involved, <laughs> that he and the lady are upstairs. So there you have it, guys. This is the, this this was huge for me. This is first time I was propositioned to have a fuck fest <laughs> by a naked man with a boner. Hopefully, not the last. All right. Thanks so much, guys. Love the show. Bye bye. What did he do? I don't want to burst this guy's bubble, but. He wasn't specifically propositioning you. Just anyone at this party could go up. I think he was probably – he probably was hoping for ladies. Sure. I mean it's possible. Yeah. He could have been a bisexual gentleman. Absolutely. He could have been a straight guy that just thinks being straight's more fun when there's other dudes there. Being straight at you. What fun is a threesome if you can't high-five your bro? Sure. But my guess is – that this guy was hoping another lady would be mm-hmm. there and one would work the shaft while one worked the ball. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, that's I mean, blue sky scenario. Yeah. <laughs> that's what's going on. This guy was upstairs imagineering. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what he came up with. Sure. He said, look, we could use this boner right now or I could run downstairs real quick and just check in with the gang. Sure. There's one Jordan Jesse Go listener who I know specifically will love this. Maybe that's what he was trying to do. 
He's like, I know a way to get mentioned not by name on a podcast. Yeah, I think it's pretty frustrating that he didn't tell us whether he accepted the proposal. I feel like if he didn't accept the proposal, he's definitely never going to have another opportunity that he so desperately wants to have. Sure. And and he's just unless he's married or something, he's just lame. Yeah. Come on, man. Why not? So Go when, to town. When you guys have been in that exact same situation. What did you do? I sucked him off right there. <laughs> I just went to get some more checks mixed and talk to J.B. Smoove. <laughs> he said he was leaning against the wall and he had a massive erection. I'm picturing him using his erection as a crutch. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's a 45-degree situation. Why is going it? To, oh, is it going all the way? It's going into the wall? Yeah, you're propping him up. Like a usually, kick, crutches go down, crutch, usually a crutch goes down to the ground. I'm talking about a cock crutch. You, wait, like a kickstand? Yeah, like an upwards kickstand. Like a... Is he, like, planking <laughs> with his boner? Don't judge me, guys. I have skills. We're just You're, asking. Yeah, You're, I, you have skills, but they're not geometry skills. That's <laughs> <laughs> all I'm saying, Kayla. Well, He's created I, I a dick a protractor. You can point in many directions. That sounds great. That sounds really fun. It does sound fun. Even if you didn't participate, it sounds fun. I would have said, I probably would have said, I don't, I don't know that I want to do the fucking, but I'll hang out. I'll Instagram yeah, and crack a beer. Here's the thing. Yeah, I think put it on Instagram. Yeah. First time out. Put a filter on it. First time <laughs> out is not necessarily. But you're going you're gonna to want to continue to run with this crowd. Sure. They sound like they have fun parties. I have not been. What to... <laughs> game were they playing? If Were they ga- playing a European game downstairs? Like oh, a like Catan? Like of Catan. They're like, sorry, we're into German board games down here. Yeah. They're more sophisticated than American board games. Yeah, more balanced rule sets. But <laughs> yeah. it's harder to break the game. They're for yeah. adults, okay? Yeah, sure. You probably still play free parking in Monopoly. <laughs> Fuck you, I'm out of here. <laughs> 206-984-4FUN is the number to call if something momentous happens to you. Put it in your phone right now. Take out your phone. Reach in your pocket. Reach in your bag. From now out. on, our rule. 206-984-4-F-U-N. If you're, at a, if you're somewhere and someone invites people into the room for sex. Put it on speaker. You don't have to fuck, but you have to go hang out. Put it on speaker. And call 206-984-Crack-A-Beer. For, for fun. F-U-N. Maybe the mystery pooper might have been up there and he was afraid. It's like, I'd rather play a German board game than be in a German scat porn. And I think, wouldn't we all? <laughs> wouldn't we all? I'd like to have a German ham. Oh, I bet they that's make nice. a really nice ham. Is that ham where of... Black Forest ham comes yeah, from? Black that's Forest the Black Forest of yeah. Germany. Yeah. A Teutonic ham. Yeah, I'd love a nice <laughs> Teutonic ham. <laughs> or an Alpen ham. Sure. I'd love a Teutonic or an Alpen <laughs> ham. Either a ham. A Loden ham. <laughs> it's a dark green ham. Uh, Alpine. Hofbrau ham. Hofbrau ham. Mm. There's lots of German hams. <laughs> a hassle ham. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be back in just a second on Jordan Jesse Go. For better or worse. <laughs> la, la, la. Hi, my name is Rishikesh Hirway, and I have a podcast called Song Exploder. In each episode, a musician takes apart one of their songs and piece by piece tells you the story of how it was made. You get an inside look into the creative and technical process and a unique view of a song by hearing just the drums or just the guitars or, say, just a Wurlitzer piano. 
If you're a fan of music, if you make music, or if you just like to learn how things are made, come check it out on MaximumFun.org. Thanks. It's Jordan, Jesse, go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. Caleb Bacon, Russell Stover's personal assistant. Caleb Bacon, the host of Man School, a program on which actual, genuine, famous people come on and teach you an important lesson about life. Yeah, in a sense, based upon uh, shit they've been through. Yeah, some, something they've gone through. I went on there and talked about what it's like to live with uh, chronic migraine. You did so very openly and honestly, and uh, it was fantastic. Yeah, I'm, I'm not afraid. To, I don't, I'm not one of these people who's in the migraine closet. <laughs> My girlfriend's a school teacher. She listened to your episode, and she is able to better understand a student of hers who has migraines. I'm really happy to hear that. I actually got a tweet on Twitter. I said on the episode, if the reason I do this, the reason I'm doing this is I just hope one person who gets chronic headaches is convinced that they should just go to the doctor. Because uh, there there are treatments available, they're not perfect, but they you know you don't just have to suffer. And someone tweeted me that they made an appointment with their doctor to talk about their uh, chronic headaches. They had just grown up always having them. Their mom always had them, and uh, you know sometimes your mom is is older and grew up in a time when there was no real medication for them, and um, there is now. So I was very happy to get to do it. I, but lots of other people. Uh, but um, Dave Holmes has been on there? Dave Holmes was on there. I saw one of uh, Maz Jabrani did one about what it's like to immigrate to the United States yeah. as, a, as a young young person. Yeah. Uh, Max Fund's own Dave Holmes talked about coming out of the closet. Yeah. So Ho- hopefully I'm not ruining any surprises. Nope. Not at all. It's a homosexual gentleman. Um, and We know uh, that. We think it's great. Yeah. We're all for it. I'm basically – if Dave Holmes – and I'm not drawing an equivalency here. I'm being hyperbolic. <laughs> but if Dave Holmes told me he was a murderer, I'd say, oh, what kind, single or serial? <laughs> like, I just love Dave Holmes. He's the best guy. You'd be like, involuntary manslaughter? Whatever. i just give him Tag a hug. Get over here. Yeah. yeah. The old so-and-so. Up, up top. That guy's a prince. That guy is a prince. Um... Let's see. What, what do we got on this week's program? Of course, we got Caleb Bacon, Man School. What are you, at Caleb Bacon on Twitter probably? At Caleb Eats Bacon. Caleb Eats Bacon. And you're also writing on a television program. Yeah, Sullivan and Son, a multi-camera sitcom on uh, TBS. The Turner Broadcasting System. Sounds very funny. Eh, the, the phrase Turner Broadcasting System does not sound very funny. Very, but, no, the show, the program oh, sounds... Oh. Very, very funny. Very funny. Yeah. TBS. Yeah, we try. And I, I think uh, we're... Very su- funny. We're succeeding. Very funny. Millions of people watch. Yeah, we, we have fun in between Family Guys. Uh, Big Bang theories. There you go. TBS has Big Bang theories on for like twenty six hours a day. It's, <laughs> it's, like, it's like how Christmas stories. They on. found some sort of dimensional pocket. Well, those nerds at Big Bang figured it out. Oh, sure. Yeah, they created a super collider to where they have two, <laughs> two, two out, two floating hours that are in the ether, <laughs> in which they can air Big Bang Theory episodes. Um, and uh, yeah, so check check all of that. Our stuff universe out. is like an onion. Don't forget <laughs> that uh, this is the last episode. No, two. We've got two episodes before the Max Fun Drive. Max Fun Drive's coming up. Um, so can I donate now? Yeah, go to maximumfund.org/slash/donate, and we'll even give you a prize retroactively if you ask for it. 
Oh, good to know. Yeah. Don't miss that on the prizes. Tote bag. But if you're one of those people who listens to episodes late, late or you're behind or whatever, and this is the second half of March, go to MaximumFun.org slash donate because that's how we pay the bills here. What if it's August? Go to MaximumFun.org slash donate. If you're one of these people that has listened to every episode of our program, you know, you know what you need to do. Probably should donate. What if it's 9-11? Like if they're listening to it in if some it's... sort of liminal pocket like I described earlier. 9-11-11 <laughs> or <laughs> – you know, the 2014 9-11? Oh. 2014-9-11? Well, I mean, it depends. Do you have first responders in your family? I would say that's probably as far as you need to go in 2014. It's sure. not a special anniversary. It's not... Yeah. I mean, if if you have... You certainly take a, take a day of remembrance. Well, yeah, take some res- contemplative time during the day. You don't have sure. to take the whole day to remember. That's my feeling about Sometimes, it. Yeah. 13 years later? Just, yeah, sure. If I mean, it's that's, 10 that's years, fair. 15 years, 20 years, sure. 25 years... Then maybe take the day. If you're in New York, maybe take the day, head over, see some interpretive exhibits. Do a tweet up at the Freedom Tower. But I'm just saying 2014, 9-11, take a second to call your uncle who's a paramedic. Say thank you for being a first mm-hmm. responder. Sorry about that cough. Um, well, I don't know if your uncle was a paramedic at Ground Zero. Oh, oh I just assumed all uncles who are paramedics were. <laughs> no. Send in the uncles. How do uncles work? <laughs> Can I tell you Hard something? Hard to say. My uncle was a first responder at the Pentagon. Wow. <laughs> uh, my aunt and uncle. Um, anyway, that's a funny story. Sure. Uh, uh, the moral of the story is donate. Yeah. Donate, MaximumFun.org slash donate. Uh, Brian Fernandez on the boards. Our theme music, yeah. Love You by the Free Design, courtesy of the Free Design and Lighting the Attic Records. Thanks, everybody, who's been posting on the forum. Mm-hmm. Lots of hot discussion on the forum. And... Lots of fun on the subreddit. Search for Max Fun subreddit and you'll find it. Lots of, uh, you know, good Jordan Jesse Go related crap. Absolutely. Fun and stuff. We'll talk to you next week on Jordan Jesse Go. Maximumfun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.